Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambodoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Everybody getting sued. You're getting sued. You're getting sued. sued. Everybody, yeah. Listen, what's this lawsuit? The Coyotes and are they suing Phoenix? The the Coyotes and their their real estate development company is is suing the city of Phoenix. They want two point three billion. Yeah, counter suing because they're saying the city of Phoenix signed off on the ability and the right to build the arena where they say they're going to, and now they're going back on their words. So I've I haven't read the details of it. I don't want to sound like I'm some expert. Well, you want to sue me? Well, why not? <laughs> sue everybody. That's pretty funny. Where's that from? That's Jerky Boys. Jerky Boys? I obviously don't know the reference. I was just digging through a former co-worker's folder of many drops that he used to from use. Jerky Boys. Day. From Jerky Boys. I kind of remember those. The Jerky Boys. I, yeah. I, they, were a, they were a thing for a minute. Yeah, yeah, for a minute. I remember for about for a minute. They were a thing. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the latest with the Coyotes. Um, so it's... We, I saw. I had a laugh at a tweet from our colleague Kevin Zimmerman in the web department. Days without incident here in the valley, zero, zero. Yeah, you have like yeah. to have that warehouse. You know, days without incident, two hundred and thirty-five. Days without incident here in the valley, zero. After yesterday's Cardinals drama, and now you got a lawsuit. We don't have the no Coyotes. Drama. Uh, there's plenty of drama to go around. Fortunately for our basketball team, it's a drama-free zone for another day. Let's weigh in with our top story of the day on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. And handling it will be Blake Wesley out on top. And they get it over on the side. Three-pointer will not go. That was put up by Champagny. Lindell with the rebound. And the Suns come away with a victory here tonight. 115-94. to The Suns get the win. Just real quick on a personal note here in the voice of Al McCoy. It was nice to see him on the broadcast last night. It was. It was nice. good to see him on the TV broadcast. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long time since Al's done TV. It was it was good to see him out there. Yeah. So we're going to miss him when he's gone. Oh, yes, we are. You know, legendary voices, you just, they're a part of your life. They've been with you forever. You don't think about life without them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, we are going to miss him when he's not calling Suns games. It will be weird. Now, that being said, you and I are both big fans of John Bloom and the work he's done. Bloomer's We've said that great. many, many times. He's and of course, fantastic. K-Ray, EJ, uh, and Myers Drysdale, they do a great job on the TV side as well. But Al is iconic. I, Al is a legend, and it was good seeing him get some TV love last night. All right, to the game, 115-94. The Suns beat the okay. San Antonio Spurs last mm-hmm. night. Very comfortable win. I mean, even in the third quarter when they cut it down to nine, it never felt squeamish. You know, they, they just nope. uh, kind of put the pedal back to the metal again and slowly built it back up to 20 points. And the Suns cruised. And with it, they are now locked into the number four seed in the West. Yeah, there will be home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs, at least the first round of the playoffs for the Phoenix Suns, depending what happens in the other rounds. But that game last night is, you know, the one thing that I I've always worried about with Phoenix. Well, two things, really. I think the team that could beat Phoenix is teams that can defend them. If you've got Paul George and Kawhi at full strength, they could defend. Drew Holiday could defend Book. Aaron Gordon could defend anybody. Like, 
There are guys, you know, teams that are built defensively, they have the ability to defend you. And I'm not talking about defensive ratings or anything like that. Do you have guys, do you have one guy that could shut down one of the better guys on the Suns? That's one. The other thing is the great equalizer, the three-point shot. And we talk about Golden State and their ability to knock down threes. And man, if they knock down 25 and you knock down 10, well, that's 15 more threes than they had. That's 45 more points that they have in that game. How did Denver get back? I mean, how did um, San Antonio get back into that game last night? Threes. Threes. The Suns led by as many as 31 points. They're up 79 to 57 when uh, Mama Cashelli, how do you say that guy's name? Mama, Mama Shelley, you can't even pronounce it. So he just hits call him a Sandro. Three. Sandro, Sandro. <laughs> just call him Mamu. 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 Yeah. Mamu hits a three. Graham hits a three. Branham hits a three. Branham hits another three. Jay, Jay, uh, Trey Jones hits a three. So they had one, two, three, four, five consecutive threes. It's a nine-point game. 15-2 to two run. Five consecutive threes. It's the one great equalizer in this sport, and it's the one thing that gives a team a chance. That's a 22-point lead. The game's over. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Denver gets hot for about a four-minute span. Suns missed some shots. They had five three-pointers, and now you got a battle. you got a battle. Play of the game last night, though, was that block by Kevin Durant. That was a freaking thing of beauty. Keeps doing like, it, that right? That was a thing of Keeps beauty. Keeps doing it, yeah. I don't know about you, but every time he goes up, the only thing I'm looking at is the landing. Did he nail the landing? <laughs> I feel like I'm watching stick, gymnastics. Like a gymnast, stick the landing. Yeah, Mary Lou Retton, she nails the landing. Stick, stick the landing. That's the only thing I look. Kevin Durant, when he goes up, the, although last night I was worried about his head hitting the rim because he jumped so high. Yeah. But he was able to put his head down and make sure he only grazed the net. And then the only thing you're looking at when he does that is can can those two skinny legs come down and and you nail that landing? I, it's I, like what it's like the what, what's the the gymnast the pummel horse is that what they they jump off of well, the gymnastics? There's, there's the horse, but there's also the rings. The there's beam, also I mean the just the, I mean even the floor exercise they got to stick the landing. I always got to stick the landing in gymnastics, yeah. right? That that's I, like the even in ice skating you got to stick the landing. Stick the landing, so make KJ. Sure, make sure you stick the landing. Stick the landing Land on both feet if what you would, block. please. What yeah, a no. freaking block! It really was a wow. great. It was a great play. Um, for me, okay, it, the, I wasn't that worried about them getting back in it. And I agree, the Kevin Durant play was huge. There are a couple of other little things that stood out about that game last night. Yeah, let's it, go over. And, and one of them, I got to admit, I didn't notice in real time. And it wasn't until I was reading one of the game recaps this morning. I think it was Dwayne Rankin who pointed out that DeAndre Ayton was 7-7 seven seven from the free throw line last night. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that, right? Yeah. That's and he got to the free throw line. You know, during that stretch I just mentioned, the five three-pointers by San Antonio, the only points the Suns had were two free throws by D.A. And then, you know, the Suns closed the third strong. D.A. scored from Book. D.A. hit two free throws to make it 92-74. So what you've kind of wanted, you, you wanted to make sure D.A. didn't go away and was still a factor in these games, especially late. Well, he has been. He has been. Sure. He has been getting the ball. They're feeding him. They're looking for him. I mean, that was a great pass from Booker to DA to make it 85-71. He went up really, really strong there. You know, he commented that on the broadcast. He went up strong and got the basket. So he's been a part of it. He has been a part of all of these, you know, them putting teams away. His fingerprints are all over. Yeah, and it's not just the points total. To me, the free throw attempts is like almost directly equatable to offensive effort, you know, and physicality and playing with 
with a brand of physicality that we just don't see from DeAndre Ayton a lot. I think he could get seven free throw attempts a game if he wanted to. I mean, if he really used his body the way he used it last night to get those. I like that a lot. I like the shooting effort from Chris Paul, who finally, for the first time since January 28th, scored more than 20 points in a game. That was crazy. Isn't that that's the craziest stat? He He has not scored over 20 points in a game since January 28th, a career-long streak of 27 games under 20 points. Here's Devin Booker with Suns radio team Al McCoy and Tim Kempton after the game. And they're back, funny. they're back and forth funny, yeah. on getting Chris Paul to just shoot the basketball more. The other night we had Chris Paul on, yeah. and as Tim and I were kind of needling him why he didn't score more, you know. Okay, and, we need and, to do that more often. And, and, and he, here's what he said. Hey, I can score, but all those other guys want to score all the time, so I don't get an opportunity. Well, tonight he had the opportunity, didn't he? He did. Very efficient, too. Um, came out shooting it. We're encouraging him all the time. You know, when we post KD up, you know, teams, you know, they're going to have to eventually double team. That's going to open up things on the backside for Shoot us. Shoot it. Shoot it. I think he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. I think he smells that smell that, we, that Brian Windhorst was talking about. You think so? It's, it's, it's there. It's in two months. It When's could he, be him. In two months, yeah. you could be an NBA. You could have a ring in two months. Yep. Yeah, he, what are we? A little bit. Of, when's it, when did the NBA finals end? Like June eighteenth. Okay, two months in a week. Mm-hmm. Like he, I think he sees the light at the end of the tunnel or the smell, whatever you want to do. I think he's or he's tasting it, whatever you know, an, analogy you want to use for it. I think you're seeing him play a really good brand of basketball, and you could say it's KD. I mean, you could say it's because of KD, but you could also say he he senses it. Yeah, I I think it's. I, I would agree that he senses it. I, I think it's the fact that KD and Book, it's he's just going to get so teams are going to say, "Go ahead," you know. Like I, I think they're going to eventually they're going to recognize that they're going to just have to live with Chris Paul taking that shot. He's attempted. It was the stat that Kellen had in his story. He's attempting nearly twice as many catch and shoot threes this season as he was last season, which feels right because he's been playing off the ball quite a bit this year. That number I think is going to go up even more come playoff time because he's just going to get looks and, and I know he's this pass first guy and his inclination is to go find another better shot somewhere I don't know if you're going to find a much better shot than Chris Paul from the wing wide open at three that's a good shot take the play the odds that's a 40 percent make right there take it last year he didn't take him against Dallas wide open shots he didn't take them yeah he can't pass on him this year yeah, he's, he can't he can't you got to take him yeah and it's so it was good to see him play the way he played they have had let there was a three teams in a row now that have had big uh, big uh, yep. leads and they let come back in the game. I don't know if you think that's troubling or not, but they're able to you know to, to right the ship and get the win. Tonight, huge matchup in the Western Conference. Could have massive implications on the Suns for the postseason. We will talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Goat noises. That was crazy. Goat noises. Mm. Really? Yeah. That's what we're doing. I'd be like, I can't speak for it. I, I get it. Okay, you're in a locker room and the team mentality and all of that stuff. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm, 
Like if you're giving an interview and I'm behind you and I'm somehow required to make like goat noises, I'm you wouldn't do it. I'm rolling my eyes. I'd fake mm. it. I'd be like, uh, I'd, I'd as open, someone who has I'd owned open. goats before, why don't you just bring the goats in? Let them make the noises for well, you. I mean, we tried that in the NBA. It didn't really work out. Oh well yeah, I guess you're true. That's Robert true. and yeah. Ryan, and yet another right. another story of all things McDonough going wrong. Um, yeah, to the, the goat in the office that didn't work out very well. But that was, I think it'd be one of those things where I'd like I'd mouth like I'm making goat sounds, but I'm not actually doing it. Isn't that, come on, seriously? I got to make a goat sound behind you? Yeah. And I don't know if LeBron... It's like, it's like when you're in elementary school and you would do like the choir thing and you would say, you do, I would never sing. I would just like <laughs> pretend I was. Right? I know. I None know. that? You like who, the choir? Like I'd be like, just move your lips and pretend you, I'm not going to sing. Who hasn't done that? Who yeah. hasn't been there? Uh, LeBron and the Lakers, they, it took overtime, took a lot of minutes from Anthony Davis and LeBron oh, James last night. A man. lot. What, AD played 42, LeBron played 30. Yeah, LeBron was pissed about having to play those extra five minutes. He wasn't very happy about <laughs> he that. He was. After the game, after the win for the Lakers, he's like, I'm not sure if I'm going to play tomorrow night against the Clippers. Uh, my foot feels when I wake up. I step out of bed. Um, that's been the most in, uh, important since I've injured it, you know, five weeks ago. You know, that the next day after either rehab or training or, or, or treatment or whatever, it's always that when you step out of bed for the first time in the morning, um, how, how does it feel? Because that's going to dictate the rest of the day. So uh, we'll see what happens in the morning. Did you hear it? So, bah, somebody in the yeah, background. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, okay. That's LeBron. It's true for a lot of us. The first couple steps out of bed. I mean, that ultimately determines if you're going to have a good day or a bad day. You're not alone, LeBron, just because you're an athlete. A lot of people listen. You know what that's like, those first four or five steps? Ooch. Ouch. ouch uh, 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 okay, I'm fine. All right. I think I'm okay. <laughs> Put one foot in front of yeah. the other. 135-133, the Lakers win last night. It sets up a huge, 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 huge game tonight. I mean, it was already set up to be huge. We never do this. Uh, we never do this. We haven't done this all year, previewed a game that has, but it has such um, um, results of well, the results of this game have such an effect on what the Suns are going to be, who the Suns are going to be playing. No question. No question. Lakers at the Clippers. Uh, technically, the Clippers are the home team. Obviously, yes. the game is being played in their in their shared building. As of right now, the Golden State Warriors are fifth in the West. The Clippers are sixth. The Lakers are the first team in the play-in tournament at seventh. Right, Both with the same record, Clippers and Lakers. Yep. Uh, whoever wins tonight Clippers-Lakers game will wake up tomorrow and be in fifth place. Yes, they will jump Golden State, who's idle. Doesn't mean they're going to stay there, in particular in the, the Clippers' standpoint, even by losing tonight to the Lakers, they still have the tiebreaker over the LA Lakers, even with a loss tonight. Because some crazy stat that you sent me today that I had no idea about: the Lakers haven't beaten the Clippers since the bubble. Ten and zero. That's nuts. The Clippers are not ten and zero against the Lakers in the last day. I didn't know that so, either. So they're already three and zero against them this year. The Lakers right. can't get can't, the tiebreaker from them the tonight tie-breaker. with a win. So the Lakers leapfrogging the Clippers might be a very temporary thing. If you see it tonight and you don't want the Lakers in the first round, well, then don't freak out necessarily because it really could change the next time the Clippers play a game. They have the tiebreaker yeah. over the Lakers. Started in December of 2020. The first time. Dece- from December of 2020 on, the Clippers have beaten the Lakers 10 straight. Think about that. 
I mean, 20 to 21, 21 to 22. We're going to be halfway through 23. So big game right there. Now, a couple things to look at in this game. We'll go to the schedules and because there's a lot about it. You know, if the Lakers win, the Pelicans win, stuff like that. But a couple of things to know. 10 and 0, I think, is important to know. The other thing is rest. Clippers have not played in, since Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday. The Clippers on three days of rest this year, they're 3-0. and 3-0. Haven't lost. So the Lakers played last night in overtime. The Clippers haven't played since Saturday. It's Sunday off, Monday off, Tuesday off, and the Lakers are on a back-to-back. The Lakers are 6-5 on the second night of back-to-backs. So we'll keep our eye on that as well. Clippers well-rested, but as you know, who wants to win this game? Who wants to win this game? Mm-hmm. Do you really want to win and be the five seed? Or would you prefer to lose and have to go a different route and maybe avoid the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, now I'll tell you this right now. The Lakers officially have listed LeBron James and Anthony Davis as questionable for tonight's game. So we'll, we'll find out much later whether either one of those guys are going to play. And that does kind of speak to what you're talking about here. Is there, are either of these teams actively trying to avoid finishing fifth because they don't want to play the Phoenix Suns in the first round? With that comes the risk of, and we talked about this a lot yesterday, yes. the risk of falling into seventh, which you think, and, and the more I thought about it, the, the more I think you might be right about this, that you're actually better off being seventh in the West. You have to win one game in the play-in tournament. Right. If you don't, you're obviously screwed. Your season could come to a premature end. But if you win that 7-8 game, now you get the Memphis Grizzlies in the yeah. first round, and you don't get the Phoenix Suns. That yep. would seem to be the preferable option here. So Channing Fry said the Lakers would beat the Suns on a, was it a podcast with Jamal Crawford? Was that what it was? A podcast? Uh, or a TV show? Okay, whatever it was. Um, and so then I made a bet with Channing Fry yesterday. Oh, it was inside the NBA and TNT. Okay, inside yeah, the yeah. NBA. So I made a bet with Channing Fry yesterday. We got two bottles of wine on if the Suns play the Lakers, who's going to win? Because I don't think the Lakers can win that. And I asked him, I said, would you rather be the five seed or play in tournament as a seven or eight? He goes, I do not want to see the Suns unless it's in the Western Conference Finals. I go, so you tank if you're the Lakers clip? He goes, yeah, I'd want to play Sacramento, Denver, and Memphis for sure. You got to trade the play the cards right. I mean, it's like if if you don't think okay, this is a former NBA player. You don't think other NBA players are thinking like that? You don't think they're talking about that too? Yeah, we win this game. That's great. But man, we get Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. They haven't lost since Katie's been there. They got home court advantage. Like I, it's very possible. Like like everybody thinks. Oh, teams are just trying to. It's very possible that teams are thinking like that. Like, I don't want the Suns in the first round. If I get them, let me get them later. Yeah, players are going to play. Players are going to play to win. It's it's you know it's the old, the age old tanking conversation that we've had many many times. Players that are out there on the floor, they're going to play to win. So if you're actively trying to not win games, it's kind of up to management to make certain players not available. Now, is that what's going to happen tonight with AD and LeBron? I don't know. I know the last time AD didn't play on the second night of a back to back, he was very vocal in complaining about it. Yes. He was not happy about not and playing on the second night. And lost to Houston. He has not played in a back-to-back all year, save for like early November, which was the one and only time he's done it. He certainly hasn't done it since he's come back from the foot injury. So there's going to be that to contend with. There's going to be the tiebreaker. There's the Russell Westbrook element oh, to all of this. That. He's he's played significantly better. It, it does seem as if the pressure of being with LeBron and playing for the Lakers has dropped substantially for him going to the Clippers, the lesser of the two teams in 
Los Angeles, and certainly Kawhi is a superstar, but he's not like LeBron type level superstar. Maybe that lack of pressure has freed Russell Westbrook up to be a an easier going player out there, right? Because his numbers have gotten better, a lot better. They really have. It's kind of mind boggling. It's almost like they were, you know, they were asking Russ to be a three and D guy, and that's not really who he is. He made forty six percent of his two point shots with the Lakers. He's hitting fifty four percent of them with the Clippers. He shot twenty nine percent for three for, with the Lakers. He did thirty two percent with the Clippers. He's rebounding. Um, a, a lot of stuff has been better for him. His fast breaks have accounted for nearly a fifth of his points as a Clipper. So they're letting him get out. They're letting him run. They're letting him be himself. He's being a team guy. So it's it's been pretty remarkable to watch him. Now he still is a guy that you know late in games. You know he, they signed him to kind of make life easier for for George and Leonard, and he does score a lot of points. But late in games, his shot making has been a little suspect. So he hasn't been the closer. He's played a lot of minutes, and he's done a good job for them, but he's still not at the point where they trust him closing the basketball games. I think I know the answer to this question. Yeah, go ahead. Who are you rooting for? Said in my best gambo. I want the Suns to play the Lakers. You do? So you're rooting yeah, for I the got two free tonight. bottles of wine from Channing Fry. Oh, that's right, because you have the bet. No, I okay. want... Because, listen, I don't... I, 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 I don't think it matters. I think the Suns could beat all of them. I agree. I think they all pose some sort of a threat. Like, I don't, do I think the Suns would sweep any of the three Golden State, Clippers, or Lakers? No. But man, I would love to punk the Lakers. Just like Alvin Gentry punked the Spurs. That's my, was my favorite memory as a you, What's your favorite memory as a Suns fan? For me, Suns sweeping the Spurs for nothing. My favorite memory. The year they went to the Western Conference Finals. Channing Fry was on that team. Amari and Nash. Amari and, and Nash. You know, my favorite Grant Suns Hill. memory. Yeah. Is the four nothing sweep over the Spurs? Okay, that's it. That's my number one son because I hated the Spurs. We all hated the Spurs, and they punked them. They yeah. punked them, and it was enjoyable. I root for the Clippers tonight just because I think the Clippers are still the best matchup for the Suns in the first round with no Paul George. Favorable matchup, yeah, the most favorable okay. matchup for the Suns. So I root for the Clippers tonight. I, I think the Clippers are the best matchup. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it's been a full day since we learned of the allegations against the Arizona Cardinals and Michael Bidwell from former team employee Terry McDonough. What has developed in the last twenty four hours? We'll get you caught up on every. Everything with that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. John Gambador, Dave Burns, live from the Auction Community Studios this time yesterday. We were knee deep in uh. accusations, counter accusations. Arbitration filings, emails, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and in the 24 hours since, everybody's had a little bit of time now to kind of digest what it all means and what might happen next. If you don't know what we're talking about, of course, yesterday Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell was accused of gross misconduct, including cheating, discrimination, and harassment in an arbitration claim that was filed by former Cardinals executive Terry McDonough. It was filed to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. McDonough maintained that both Both he and Steve Wilkes, the former coach of the Cardinals, were left no choice but to follow Bidwell's plan to use burner phones to communicate with former GM Steve Kime when he was suspended back in 2018. McDonough says he still has the phone. It still has the evidence of the cheating scandal as well as additional documentation. The Cardinals replied very strongly that they didn't do anything wrong, that Michael was, in fact, the one who discovered the burner phone scheme and put an end to it. Um, That was hardly all 
all that came from the Cardinals yesterday when it came to that. There was a lot of back and forth about it. And and now we now we wait. Now we wait to see what happens and what the NFL does about this. And you're seeing stories come out and you're seeing how people react to it. Sports Illustrated had a story. The latest misconduct claims against the Cardinals are all too familiar for the NFL. Cheating and tre- treating people badly should not be waved off as the cost of doing business in the NFL. Now it says, you know, you got to wait and see what's going to happen here. And says, you know, Bidwell denies all of this and he's just the latest NFL owner accused of misconduct. But it says... Let's simply acknowledge the fact that these wildfires keep popping up everywhere. You have Miami, you've got Washington, you've got the Cardinals, and we've had it in the past with New England. And so there's a lot of things that are going on. And it's like, okay, why? Why is all of this happening? One of the things that I I looked at when I was looking at this, I wonder if the Cardinals are not going to get the benefit of the doubt here because they bring up, you know, this is what happens. You know, when you're an organization, you've had some history, bad history. They bring up the survey as the worst franchise in the NFL. They bring up Steve Wilkes getting fired after just one season and being involved in a, in a lawsuit with Brian Flores and say it's this, if this was some model franchise getting hit unexpectedly on a bit of a drive-by legalese, um, but there were some notes in the complaint box. So I was thinking, I wonder if like in a court of public opinion, they don't get the benefit of the doubt because of the issues that they've kind of had. And, and like, OK, the survey's not like the biggest issue in the world, but like it's just it's a negative on the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. The Wilkes lawsuit. I mean, we could sit here and say he deserved to be fired. He lost control of the team. They had to fire the offensive coordinator. You know, he, some people may say that was justified, but but there's a lawsuit involved in that that you've got to look at. They did have two coaches that they had to fire this year. They did have a GM that was suspended. So there's a lot of stuff that kind of comes back, and now you're like, well, I wonder if all of these things are being counted against them already before we even know what's going on with this. It's, it's, a, it's a good thought, and one that I hadn't had when thinking about this story, so let's explore it for a couple of minutes here. I mean, certainly everything that's gone down with the Cardinals, I mean, we've, we've, we have documented it many, many, many times since, basically since the day they were 10-2, and two, all right? And we remember how great that day was. They were 10-2, and two, they were on top of the NFL world. It's been an unmitigated disaster ever since. Everything has gone wrong. Every single thing has gone wrong for this organization. Getting embarrassed by the Rams in the playoffs. Um, the contract extensions the contract for Cliff and the time that didn't work out after one year. Right, exactly. Giving guys extensions that you probably shouldn't have. The Tyler, Tyler negotiations, how public those were. The D-Hop suspension. The Hollywood Brown speeding. James Saxon. Jeff Gladney. Sean Coogler. Jeff Gladney. Steve Kime steps away from the team. Kyler I mean, injury. Yeah, Kyler injury. A, a, a hard knocks, you know, in season that didn't give anybody what they were really looking for in terms. I mean, it's just been, it's so. Will all of that, it shouldn't, but will all of that in what you phrase specifically, the court of public opinion, will that perception add up against the Cardinals? I, I don't know how you don't separate it in the court of public opinion. Uh, I don't know how it's, especially how close we are to that NFL PA report card. Man, that thing just came out, right? Oh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Still kind of hot off the presses. A little bit. And it just, it's, it, and so it's, it's not fair to the Cardinals that this needs to be, and really when we think about it, and we talked about this yesterday, the 
the stuff that came up yesterday really needs to be put in two separate categories. It really, really does. The burner phone stuff is one thing, okay? That's in its own separate little box. Who was responsible for the burner phones? What happened? How did that go wrong? If if Michael really did find out about it and put the kibosh on it, why didn't he punish Steve extra? Why didn't something right. extra come down? Okay, there's that. The other stuff is the he berated employees. He allegedly berated you know pregnant employees. These these are all part of the arbitration fight. That's its own separate thing. I think. I don't know if you agree, but to me, those are two very yes. separate and distinct things that we need allegations that we need to talk about with the Cardinals. Totally they're different. very different. Yeah, one is cut and dry. What's on the phone? And it's claimed that, you know, there's voicemail messages and from Steve and what's on the phone will ultimately determine whether they were using burner phones to communicate with the general manager who was suspended. That's easy. Okay? If, because if you're Terry McDonough, we were communicating. Well, what proof do you have? I don't have any. I had a burner phone, but I don't have it anymore. You any text messages? Nope. I don't, I, it was a burner phone. It's go- Okay, I can't believe you. Now, if you say you have the phone and you still have all the messages on it and, the, and you could prove that there's a track record over a couple of months or weeks even that you guys were communicating and what that communication was, then, then that's, you've got the proof. Okay, that's the smoking gun. The Cardinals are going to get in trouble. They're going to get fined. They're going to lose draft pick or draft picks. And that's, that's a cut and dry thing. The, the other thing with the way he treated people. That, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly treated people. They mentioned two pregnant women. They mentioned a minority. And, okay, that is going to be something that the NFL will have to look at. They can't turn a blind eye to it. They'll have to investigate it. I mean, it's somebody that worked there that was the number two man in charge. And, you know, he's saying that this happened. Okay, well, I've got to take a serious look at this. i got to go. I'm going to have to hire somebody to investigate, talk to people, and see if it's true. Now, whether it is or not. We have no idea, but it is something the NFL just can't ignore. They're going to have to do a little bit of investigating on it to see if that's true. No, I do think, and I think it was Ryan Clark who pointed this out yesterday, that we do see a little bit of a difference between how other leagues tend to do this versus the NFL. The NBA, for example, and we saw this with the Robert Sarver situation, we saw this with the Mark Cuban situation, tends to be very hands-on when it comes to stuff like this, right? I, I, I feel like they really want to get to the bottom of things like this, whereas the NFL... I'm not quite sure the urgency is there. I mean, think about how long the Dan Snyder thing has been hanging over everybody's head, right? Think about how long Bounty Gate or Deflate Gate tended to kind of hang around a, a little bit. Commissioner. Well, I'm just, it, it just is. It's, it's a very it's a very different league, I think. And I'm not speaking you're, of the Cardinals you're specifically. Right. You're right. Don't you agree? The, 100%. You're the, right. The NFL tends to really slow play this stuff in kind of the hope, kind that, of hope that it goes away. Eventually, we'll just all get back to watching football, betting on football, enjoying football, drafting our fantasy teams, and we don't really worry about it, whereas the NBA tends to be a little more involved with stuff like this to make sure things like this aren't happening, things allegedly like this aren't happening. So, do I expect something to happen right away? I don't know. I don't know if I, I expect mean, didn't anything. Snyder, like, hey, like, blackmail everybody almost? Like, allegedly, if you, if you yeah. come after me, I got dirt on everybody that, else. That was the I'm story. I'm going to let it out. Mm-hmm. That was the story. Now, he's reportedly thinking about selling the team. This is Mike Sando. He, along with two other writers from The Athletic, broke the story at the same time as ESPN.com. He was a guest on the Wolf and Luke show today and was asked what he thinks Roger Goodell is going to do about all this. I I agree. There's a lot of stuff there that's probably going to hang over some of the new people there, the GM and coach, who don't deserve any of this or in the middle of it. And I think it's 
remains to be seen what Roger Goodell does. Do does he do they side and rally around with Mike Bidwell, one of their own? Do they see him as a liability? Uh, and what does Steve Wilkes, who's a credible person, have to say about it? Yeah, and that okay. Wow. I, I want to play that soundbite because he said Steve Wilkes in some ways is very much the next step in all this. I'll let him explain. So the next step is obviously probably arbitration, unless somebody makes more statements. To me, uh, Steve Wilkes is the next step. I think he is a very important witness uh, in this. Obviously, he has his own lawsuit against the Cardinals going, so he's not a completely unbiased source. But I think he's somebody seen in the league with some credibility and some character, right? Uh, and so if he were to corroborate the idea that, hey, uh, Mike Bidwell was the one behind the burner phone thing and, and what Terry's saying on that, hey, for whatever you want to say about Terry, sure, he's had his issues, but what he's saying there is 100% true. I think that's damaging. You do wonder, okay, um, I have a burner phone and you have a burner phone and we're texting each other. How can anybody prove, if it's not your phone, how do you prove that it's me on the other line? If it's a burner, it's not, you know, you can't say, oh, that's his cell phone number. That's who he's texting. You'd have to have voicemails or just something that, you know, that, that, that would prove that it's that person. Okay, if you were communicating with Steve Kime and he was using a burner phone, it's not like the messages are going to show up as... You know, Steve Kime's cell phone. Yeah. So, I mean, it would have to be some information in it that only he would know. When we come back on the Burns in Gambo show, we're going to talk about the Arizona Diamondbacks, which gives me a good opportunity to remind you, you can win lower level tickets for tomorrow's D-backs home opener against the Dodgers. Gambo and I are both going to be there doing the show. So are Wolf and Luke. We're going to be on the field. Text the word baseball to 620-620. Get complete details and your chance to win tickets. Again, baseball to 620-620. Speed. The Arizona Diamondbacks have it, maybe at record levels. They are speed. That's next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Mitch is here with today's Twitter poll question of the day. Eric is still home under the weather. We hope he's feeling better. Got to send him a text that reminds me. Send him a text. Make sure he's Come feeling on, okay. Come on, Burns. He sent that text. I, 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 all right, you know what? You read off the question and I'll text him right now. All right, Gambo. It's just you and me while Burns right, sends the text. It. Let's all right. do it. Here's our poll question today. Now that the Suns are locked into the four seed, how should they handle their starters minutes in the final three games of the regular season? You have three options. Okay, what's the options? Regular minutes. Just normal playing time as you would expect it to be. Less than 30 minutes per game for each starter. Or you just sit them at least one of these three. Sit at least one. It's home against the Nuggets tomorrow at the Lakers on Friday, home against the Clippers on Sunday. And that Denver game to Denver could actually matter a lot more to them than it could to Phoenix. Depending on what happens tonight. Yeah, because Memphis suck right now. If Memphis loses tonight, it's irrelevant. But if Memphis wins tonight, then Denver's probably going to be on their A game. Hmm. So the second night of the back-to-back is against the Lakers. I would vote for last game of the season, just sit everybody. I I think it's a combination. I think the last game of the season, everyone's going to sit. I think it's both. I think you're going to see 30 minutes or less for everybody. That's not an option. I know it's not. I'm just explaining my answer. Tries to create his own answer. I do. It's my. He was sending a text to Eric. It's fine. He wasn't. It's my sandbox. I can play it. Three three options. Burnsy's answer. Yeah, I'm going to give you my own. You've never done this before. No, I have. Uh, That's what I thought. (laughs) Um, Less than 30 minutes per game and. 
no one's going to play in that series finale against the Clippers. That's just my guess. So for your purposes, okay. put me down for 30 minutes or less for everybody. Cool. Put me down for that. Cool. So that is where the majority is right now with you, Bernsey. 54.3% say it'll be starters get less than 30 minutes a game. 17% with you, Gambo. That one's in last place right now, sitting at least one game. And then regular minutes, 28.7%. You invent okay. your answers all the time. I do. I do. I was just knocking you for doing it. <laughs> it's, more, it's more fun to point out when somebody else does it. It is. There's no it question is. about it. There's no doubt about it. All right, that's the poll question. Thank you, Mitch. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. One word, at Burns and Gambo on Twitter. 1-1. One, one. Marte breaks. The pitch is inside. Now it's a rundown. Coming home is Rojas. He is safe. They try and cut him down at the plate, and Rojas is in. Marte to second, and it's As a father of a club baseball player who just hit a three-run homer on Sunday, just I'm going to say that again. (laughs) Keyword there being again. Yeah, I wanted to say a second time. Yeah, very happy for him. Um, (laughs) We see this all you that that, you see that happen all the time in club baseball. You don't see that happen in the major leagues. Like you know, your son played college baseball. Like in club, like you do that. The runner takes off for second. You try to get the catcher to throw it. He fakes the throw, or he throws it to the pitcher, or he throws it to the shortstop. But he never really throws it to second base because then the guy's going to score from third. Uh-huh. I mean, you, we see every weekend. I see this every weekend. You just you know, you the guy's going to go to second. They don't want to throw it there because the run's going to score from third. What happened yesterday? The diamond pull, pull, the Diamondbacks pulled that off. It was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. It was beautiful. It's such, it's, it was, there's no, like, that's going to be one of my top five plays of the year, that play. That'll be one of my top five plays. Like, it's their speed and the pressure they put on the defense. We're going to take off and then instead of, I'm going to have him stop. He's going to stop. Now you've got to make a decision. You want to throw home? Or do you want to ch- you want to try to chase him into a pickle, um, and you throw home? But it's got like everything's got to be so perfect to get the guy at the plate if you've got speed. Yeah, because you've got to catch it, you've got to throw it. The throw's got to be perfect. The tag's got to be perfect. Anything's not right, he scores. He scored on the play. I'm telling you, it's one of my that's one of my favorite. That'll be one of my favorite plays this year. Yeah, I mean, look, it's the, the Diamondbacks are we we kind of had a feeling this was how it was going to be with them, right? Like with the yes. new rules that we'll get into in a minute that they were really going to take advantage of it with their team speed. They've got it all over the place on the roster. It's really kind of a throwback roster like we've talked about to like the 1980s St. Louis Cardinals teams, right, with guys who could just run and run and run all day. Tory after the game. So, yeah, you better believe we're using speed to win these things. We're a good team. We're athletic, and we're going to exploit things that we're supposed to. Uh, you know, these are, these are little things that we talked about all spring training long. Uh, we didn't necessarily execute it that much during camp, um, but you can see what we're trying to do. And, um, for me, that, that four-run eighth inning was built around the distraction of what we were uh, to the pitcher of what we were trying to do on the bases, and then we cashed in with some big base hits. And, and that's the last. That's the point I really want to emphasize on. There's no doubt that having all that speed, it's going to get in the head of the opposing pitcher. It's going to. He's going to be thinking about it. He's going to be distracted by it. He's going to be worried about it. It's going to get in the head of the catcher. It's going to be in his mind too. Hey, look out, Jake McCarthy. He can fly. Look out, Corbin Carroll. He can fly. Yep. Right. Look out. These guys, they they just motor around the bases, and when that little seed gets planted in your head, it can make you do things you don't want to do. And and it look, this team. I don't know how many games they're going to win. I, I hope they compete for a playoff spot. They are going to be so much fun to watch. That so game, fun. That game yesterday was on while we were on the air. Hard to concentrate while we're on the air. So I went back and I watched the condensed game, you know, on MLB TV. 
they're a blast, man. That they're gonna they're gonna be one of the most entertaining teams in baseball. How many stolen bases they are on pace for? They're on pace for two hundred and forty three stolen bases. We they have nine stolen bases through six games, which remarkably isn't even first in Major League Baseball. No, I know Baltimore Orioles have eleven, but that's on pace for two hundred and forty three stolen bases. That yep. would be the most in baseball since the Mets in 07. It's great. I love it. It's, it's great. so much fun to watch. And baseball as a whole has really enjoyed these new rules. The the limit on the extreme shifts has really helped out the left-handed hitters. You know, they're hitting about, you know, 16, 17 points higher. Stolen bases are up. There's been 101 stolen bases so far in baseball. There was 61 through six games last year. So from 61 to 101. So it's not just the Diamondbacks with the excitement. Everybody's going to be a little bit more exciting. Um, but you see in more steals, more attempts, the Diamondbacks are going to be better at it. Yeah. Um, the time of the game, my, my goodness. I mean, this is, there was a game, there was a game yesterday between the Marlins and the Twins. Are you sitting down? <laughs> you sitting down? I One am. hour and 57 minutes. A brisk. One hour and 57 minutes. I remember when I was doing post-game shows for 10 years for the Diamondbacks, we would get a one-hour, 57-minute game. It was like a godsend. Grillo and I Grillo and I would look at each other like, oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, going to be home nice and early tonight. And no? then you're in the press box, it's 2-1, and somebody jumps. Oh, nobody has hits a solo homer here, and then you be <laughs> there until the 15th inning. Somebody in the press box says, boy, this game's really going fast. Oh, you stupid idiot. Up. You just, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Try to go home here. Yeah, this is incredible the you know the the game times and just the, the the amount of like in between pitches i mean 18 seconds in between pitches i mean they really just want they want to get away with the dead time they don't want the dead time it's the, the numbers are remarkable average game time right now is about 2 hours 38 minutes it was 303 this time a year ago through the same number of games okay so they they've carved it up by 27 minutes it's the lowest game time average since 1984 okay now it's just one week and you talk about the pitches the seconds per pitch Four and a half seconds per pitch. Not per at bat. Per pitch. Off. Off. Just, that wasn't there from a year ago. You think about that over the context of a nine-inning game? It adds up. Hell yeah, it's going to speed up the pace. It adds up quick. Real quick. Real quick. Yeah, they talked about the pitch comm last year, so it was a little bit of a bump last year down. Not a lot, because not everyone was using it. And now you're seeing um, you know, these these games just speed up so fast that everybody loves it. You throw in the stolen bases, and the, so it's not just one thing. It's a lot of different things that have made, and the rules are really working. It's just made the game a lot more exciting and a lot more enjoyable, and I, I think I think it's worked. I mean, I, I, think, I think so far, it's hard to say that these rules have not been good for baseball. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, back to the Phoenix Suns, who have won seven straight, clinched the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Playoffs are still about a week and a half away. Have the Suns made changes when it comes to their roster and their lineup that we need to take note of? That's next on the Burns and Gambo show.